0: The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KECI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.
1: You're listening to K-C-I-88.9 FM, Irvine, Irvine, Irvine. Friend of something? KUCI Talk, Music,
2: and More. Hey, hey! Welcome to the Get the Funk Out Show. I'm your host Janine, and this week I have special guest Dina Kleplinski of BeefoodSmart.com. And how appropriate! It's Halloween, right? We're all gonna stuff our faces with lots of chocolate. All right, maybe just a few of us. And she's going to come on the show in just a little bit and share with us the great website she put together on food additives. You know, when you read labels and you can't pronounce them, well, you probably shouldn't be eating that stuff. Or maybe you find that you're getting headaches after you're eating certain things and you have no idea. Well, read the label. So she'll share lots of great things on her website. That's BeFoodSmart.com if you want to pull it up as we're chatting. Lots of great stuff on there. There's uh, some articles. I see recent posts Creative ways to reduce your candy consumption uh, from Greek yogurts and school lunch solutions. So again, that's befoodsmart.com and she'll be just she'll be on in just a minute. Dina, welcome to Get the Funk Out.
0: Good morning. Thank you, Janine. How are you? I'm doing great. Happy Halloween, everyone.
2: Thank you. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> I only look scary in the morning before my coffee.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I got my orange and black on.
2: Nice, nice. Yes. For those not familiar with the website, I told everybody to uh, to visit BeFoodSmart.com. It's really interesting. Could you tell me how you started this website?
0: Well, it's a partnership between my brother and I. We're two years apart, Okay, and um, we have, both of us have eaten healthy our whole life. Um, my parents cooked virtually everything from scratch growing up, and we were very aware, even at a very young age, of what kind of junk food was and why nice. it shouldn't be in our diet. Good for you. And, yeah. <laughs> wow. um, and as as we got older and moved out and went to college and whatnot, both of us, our diet slipped a little bit. You know, it's not quite as easy when you're not a great cook and don't I, have all those skills. Right. Yeah. Um, and fast forward, I actually had a, a child, and wow, does that reawaken kind of oh, yes. the whole eating healthy thing. I look at this precious little package, and I'm like, I can't imagine feeding her a bunch of crappy food. I right. just, I just couldn't imagine it. Um, and I had been wanting to start a website on my own, and but I hadn't found an idea that I thought was good enough, and it was actually my brother's idea, his name is Jonas, and he said... You know what there isn't? There isn't a food additive database. Like if you want to look up what an ingredient that you don't know what it is, it doesn't exist.
2: Isn't that amazing with all the websites out there?
0: It is really amazing. You know, if you pull up maltodextrin or um, bromates or, you know, some of these words where we see them a lot, but we really don't know what they are, anthem gum, Mm -hmm. Um, probably the first thing you're going to get is Wikipedia. And Wikipedia is a wonderful resource and it's for so many things. But for food additives, what I found um, is that, number one, it gives you a ton of information from the cellular makeup, the entire history of it, and that's great, but I I really just want a simple answer. What is it and should I be eating it? Um, The other problem with Wikipedia is that you never know who updated it last. So if you look at something like high-fructose corn syrup if it was updated by the people from the Corn Refiners Association, it might be a little bit different information than if it's updated by the anti cholesterol Requestro group. So you don't know where that information is coming from. So that's the other, that's the other issue. Um, well, so anyways, fab- you threw great- that idea out there, and I loved it. And we didn't do anything with the idea for a long time, and, and suddenly the opportunity in both our lives came up and I said, hey, do you want to do this together? And we just went
2: for it. Perfect. Well, it's a great website. It's a it's a resource where, you know, if you don't really know what, you know, bromates are or sodium nitrate, I mean, I'm constantly saying to my kids, you know, no, I can't give you hot dogs with sodium nitrate and trying to explain why, you know, because food really affects us, which is why I want to have you on the show, because you can be in a funk from food. I mean, let's face it.
0: Absolutely, Absolutely I mean, right? Food is our fuel. Yes. So if you if you give your car the wrong kind of gasoline, it's not going to perform very well. Right. And I think and I... The, go ahead. Oh, it's the same thing with food. I mean, if we if we eat all crappy foods, we're not going to feel very good.
2: Right. And as kids, I think I shared this with you before when we were chatting that... When I was younger, I was eating a lot of fast food, and you know, my mom would say, "Why are you so tired?" And I was eating a lot of candy, and I was so tired, exhausted. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, you think about children too; they're a lot smaller in in their weight and just their overall size, and yet they're eating these large portions of of fast food, of you know, food loaded with dyes. Yes, and I think it affects them even even more. Right. Um, sometimes it could be Tiredness, but oftentimes it's the opposite. It's the hyperactivity, the the behavior that you don't know where it came from, Um, right? And and absolutely, it can affect adult moods and kids' moods.
2: You know what I found, Dina, is my lack of concentration as a child, and just because I guess I was tired, not eating the right thing, and I just was. uh, I I would say I was kind of depressed. I would, I honestly was. I remember going to McDonald's on a Sunday when we lived in New York. And later that evening, just being so blah, just not up, you know? You just weren't ready for the next day.
0: Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, absolutely. And I, I mean, I can even feel it when I eat. A, like if we go on vacation or something and you're eating out every meal, um, I start to just crave like a homemade meal because I sure. think you're getting so many of the additives that you don't even realize that you're getting, especially when you go out to eat, um, that it starts to add up and you just don't feel as good as you normally do.
2: Absolutely. And I, I had shared with you also how my daughter had to go on a special diet because, well, it had to do with she was having a lot of sugar and it affected her health. And, and we changed up her diet, and now her mood and even her concentration is so different.
0: That's wonderful. I think it's, it's sad because a lot, of, a lot of parents, I think, think, or maybe their doctor tells them that their child has an issue. Right, um, and and then drugs are the the first resort versus yes. at least at least playing around with the diet and seeing if it has an impact um, because I think for a lot of kids it has a huge impact.
2: It, absolutely, and you know what really bugs me is that we're so quick to label kids with maybe an attention problem when maybe you have to look at the whole picture of what are they eating? Are they sleeping enough? Right, you know?
0: Are they drinking water or are they drinking soda? Right. Um, Yes. Yeah, How much sugar are they getting in a day? Right. It, I think if you start to look at some of those things, even even if you think you're feeding your kid healthy, sometimes if you're not ready to label them looking, you'll be very surprised um, at what's actually in the majority of foods today. Which brings me to... Lunchables. Remember <laughs> <You> we <really laughs> talked about this?
2: I, I know a lot of parents want to do stuff with convenience and everything, and I'm not going to bash Lunchables, but if you just read the ingredients and you think, okay, I'm spending all this money on this product, or any product for that matter, isn't it better to just make something from scratch? And I know it's convenient to just throw this box of stuff into the lunchbox, but really, you got to read the label.
0: Yeah, I actually did a blog post on Lunchables. Um, I had done a presentation for the Santa Barbara Girl Scout. It was about 109 um, to 10-year-old girls. And mm-hmm. after my presentation, one of the, the volunteer moms, she came up with an empty package of Lunchables. And she said, oh, my gosh, I loved your presentation. And um, it made me look at you know what all these kids are eating at lunch. And I just had to bring you this package because I, I couldn't believe it myself at how many ingredients there were in there and um so that is what inspired (laughs) a blog post i think it was in this particular one it was 67 ingredients come um, on really yeah (laughs) and the really sad thing is they put a lot of claims on the front of package like made with whole grain excellent source of protein calcium um so it makes parents think that it's healthy. Yes. Those sound like good things, right? Ex-sports, yes. Protein, calcium, and if that's all you're looking at, you think, okay, well, this is this is good. Sure. get You know, the things they need, Um, but it's all the other stuff that's loaded in there Um, right. that it's, it's just...
2: It's, Unnecessary. It's incredible <laughs> that
0: that's food that's specifically marketed to kids.
2: I know. I know. And, you know, it's funny. I've gotten my daughters to the point where she comes home and she says, Mommy, so-and-so is having this for snack. And I'm like, listen, you don't want to go to school and be critical. She goes, no, I just, it's amazing because I used to eat that for snack. She's like, but they're having this for snack and that for snack. And, you know, and I've kind of figured out, okay, what would be a good protein to give her energy and that tastes good and would last to lunch kind of thing? And and now she realizes and she's able to say no when somebody might offer her something that is not a good choice. She's able to say no because and she, and she, she knows it's not going to make her feel good.
0: Well, I think that's an extremely important point. Um, as I was doing the post for how to reduce, you know, Halloween candy consumption, because I have a three-and-a-half-year-old, <laughs> and and I'm worried about, you know, of she's going to get a boatload of candy today yes. uh, when we go trick-or-treating, and what are we going to do with it? And so I put a bunch of ideas up there. Um, but as I was re- researching and whatnot, I, I came across some blog posts and other people's blog posts on um, why... Trying to eliminate it or control it actually can backfire, too, um, and it becomes this kind of forbidden fruit thing where Candy has this almost this power over the kids. Absolutely. Um, and so education is so much more of what we should be focusing on. If kids can make the smart decision for themselves, you don't have to always be the police officer who says you can't have that and you can't have that. They'll make those choices for themselves, um, and it sounds like your daughter's already there, which is awesome. She All is.
2: This- she is. Oh, well, I'm sorry. What were you going to say?
0: How old is she?
2: Oh, she's nine.
0: See, that's great. That's she's great. Nine.
2: I mean, Halloween's hard. But, you know, I negotiated with her because we had a party this weekend, and I did a lot of gluten-free things. She is doing gluten-free. And it wasn't her party. It was her, her big sister's party. Um, but we did have some gluten-free pizza, and I actually I love this product. It's Pamela's, and it's a gluten-free mix. So we made cake pops. It was the first time I've ever um, made oh. cake pops and it was really fun and we put them on a stick and we actually had a big fruit platter and we let the kids do like a little fondue thing with um a little chocolate and and it was really fun but the the point is that i didn't go overboard with a big gooey cake and which was fantastic and and she could feel like she was eating a sweet thing but it wasn't too much so tonight she said can I go trick or treating? I'm not going to eat the candy. It's more like she just wants to get dressed up, go out, right? right. candy. I guess Daddy's going to eat the candy. I don't know to <laughs> hide it from him. <laughs> He's probably listening, going, "Oh, thanks."
0: <laughs> it is really hard. I mean, I you know. have a sweet tooth too. To not to not dip into that. I oh. Know.
2: It is hard. It is hard. It is hard. But we agreed that I would give her cake pops tonight. And she's telling me, Mommy, um, today, can you go home and fr- and make this and dip them in this and do that? And I'm going to do it because I really don't want her eating the candy, you know.
0: Yeah. Well, it's interesting. I One of the ideas that I found online was um, to trade your kid's candy for better candy. Oh. And I thought, what? That sounds... You know, counterintuitive. Right. Um. But then she's buying her daughter her favorite, you know, dark chocolate, organic, you know, nuts, whatever it is. Okay. Um. And and if that's you're going to trade all the the Halloween candy that's loaded with the dyes and preservatives and right, um, that's good. You know, partially hydrogenated oils. that yeah. That's kind of it's, yeah. It's kind of a good idea. I sure. Mean, yeah. It's unrealistic to say that we're never going to eat sugar or that your kids shouldn't have anything. Um, right. Couldn't have, you know, those sorts of things um, for this holiday. It's-
2: right. And it makes you want it more. When I was little, I went from being allowed to eat anything uh, and being on my own lot and just eating. I was literally eating like a one of those black and white cookies on the way to school. You know, those big round cookies that uh-huh. are half vanilla, half chocolate. Or, you know, uh, I'm from the East Coast, so devil dogs or Twinkies or all this junk, just total junk for breakfast. And then later on, being told, no, you can't have it, and then wanting it so much, I would literally hide it. I remember having a big chocolate bar in my closet. <laughs> Confessions yeah. on the air. But I did. I was hiding it, you know, because I wanted it.
0: it. Yeah, and that is the the delicate balance that I think that parents have to have, is not villainizing it too much, yes. but more explaining why and, and letting them and letting them kind of experiment and and see for themselves, right. uh, you know how they feel afterwards or or why. It's just explaining us why it isn't a good idea to eat yes. X Y Z.
2: Well, and I love and your wh- idea about the organic chocolate because, you know, to be able to say, listen, let's not eat all that stuff, but let's you can have occasionally some, you know really good stuff with very few ingredients is good.
0: Yeah, or, or like your idea is making a wonderful dessert together right. made from scratch. I mean, that's going to be 100 times better for you than most of this stuff. Exactly. Um, and and it can be just as delicious and just as wonderful. So. Yes, yes. And
2: now tell me about, um, I noticed something. By the way, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to the Get the Funk, Get the Funk Out Show, and I'm your host, Janine, and we're talking with Dina Klapinski. Am I pronouncing that right? Yeah, that's correct. Okay, got it. Uh, and she's got this fabulous website, BeFoodSmart.com. So if you're tuning in, you're listening, you might want to visit the website and follow along with us because you've got some interesting posts on here. And I noticed one about Greek yogurt. I'm a huge fan.
0: <laughs> a recent, I did like a three-part series on Greek yogurt because I recently tried it uh, maybe a few months ago. Um, and I'd been seeing it in the grocery store for a long time. And I don't know why I didn't try it. But the first time I tried it, I'm like, oh, my gosh, how come I waited so long to try it? It's wonderful. Yes. Um, and, and then I started to do research for the articles. So, yeah, there's Greek, Greek yogurt 101, kind of what it is, um, why you should be eating it, why it's different from regular yogurt. It's actually better for you than regular yogurt. Uh, it's got more protein. Um, yes. and, it, and then I compared a bunch of the major brands oh, um, I and rated them.
2: Oh, I see. From uh, Athenos to Dannon. you know what my little trick is? Because I have a big sweet tooth. I think we had talked about this. Is at night when I'm craving something sweet. Instead, now I'll take frozen strawberries because um, I didn't have any fresh ones in the house, and I'll I'll uh, defrost them, and then I'll put them in the a big amount of Greek yogurt, which fills me up, mm-hmm. and it's so good. It's it's thick, and it's you, you're getting a lot of the protein. You're not getting the sugar. And then I'm fine. I'm, I'm like, I don't need, you know, anything like frozen yogurt or anything. This is perfect.
0: Right. And what starts to happen, I think, is people start to eat healthier. Your taste buds change. And, and suddenly those ultra sweet things that you were used to and that you thought you needed, um, you start to not need that anymore. In fact, it starts to taste really artificial and yes. not so great anymore. Right. Um, so...
2: Ooh, for some reason we, we lost Dina, but um, she'll come back in and uh, tune in with us. She's from BeFoodSmart.com. So while we're waiting for her to call back in, we'll, we'll just play a little music here. And you're listening to Get the Funk Out. Hi, we're back with Dina from BeFoodSmart.com. Dina. Oh, yes. Hi. I don't know what happened to you, but...
0: <laughs> I'm so sorry about that. No worries. That. Another call came in That's and I okay. accidentally accepted it. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> um, it happens. Anyways.
2: So, uh, we were talking about Greek yogurt. Oh,
0: yes. Um, and taste buds and how things change and right. getting used to eating. You know, it's the ideal is that you get used to eating plain yogurt, Um instead of all the flavored stuff and add your own flavor, whether it's strawberries or fruit. Um, I love adding uh, maple syrup to mine. Okay. And I make my own granola and, and add it on to that. Um, Delicious. Or, or bananas. Bananas is my standby, too. So. Yes, yes. Um, fun, fun things to try. That's great. So, yo- I mean, yogurt is one of those things that's definitely marketed as a healthy food. Um, but when you start to look at the individual yogurts, what's actually in them, there's many of them that are barely food. Wow. Um, and and I think that's, that's the main message that I want to get across to people being on the show today is that to just start. It, you don't have to suddenly change everything that you eat, but it's having an awareness. It's starting to look at the label. Just, just start with that. Don't buy anything new. Just start looking at the label and going, hmm, what is all this stuff in my food? Um, and then as you... As you start to be, get, a, get in the habit of that, as you go grocery shopping, just switching one or two items out each week that you, that you go shopping, soon your cupboard is going to be filled with completely different foods. Okay. Um, and not assuming anything that you thought was healthy is healthy, because even mm-hmm. if it was healthy 10 years ago, they could have completely changed um, the formula. and yes. Maybe it didn't have hypergrafthic corn syrup in it 10 years ago, but it does now. Yes. Yes. Um, checking everything from your salad dressings, your, your ketchup, um, to the more obvious, you know, the, the sweet, but it's also the bread. I mean, things that, again, are marketed as healthy. Well, a lot of them really aren't healthy.
2: Well, and here's the, I was talking to my, um, sister in New York and she's, she has a little girl too. And she said, I, I really get turned off when someone tries to sell me by saying all natural, you know, and and it's not and she'll look at the ingredients like all natural what? There's nothing all natural in here and it's just there's a, such a marketing thing with, with bread and food in general and you know when we were talking we both said you know when your kids are watching TV obviously they're going to come to you because they've just been sold and say oh I really want to get this yogurt and then when I say to my daughter when we're out well just tell me how much sugar and how much protein and usually it's a lot of sugar and very little protein and I'll say mm,
0: forget it <laughs> Right. Yeah, it is. It's like the Lunchables. Um, it's making it. We have a nutritionist who's an advisor for us, um, and and she even talks about as a nutritionist some of the claims that they make on there and some of the ways that the the packaging is written. It's hard for even the pros to tell whether or not it's healthy just by looking at the front of a box or front of a label. You know, it contains right. antioxidants. Um, high in protein, whole grain, high fiber, you know, all these all these things sound good on the front of the box, but sometimes it's almost the opposite that if they're making all these claims, it's probably not as good for you. It's, it's weird the way yes. that has happened. Yes. Um, but um, the number one thing is to really check what's inside it. What are the ingredients? Um, in case people don't know, ingredients are always listed by weight. Oh, I didn't know so, that. Yeah. So what it has most of by weight is going to be first and what it has the least of it's going to be at the end. Um, and some people have the mentality that, you know, um, red number 40, because it has so little of it in it and it's at the bottom of the ingredient list, is okay. Um, but red number 40, first of all, is a petroleum product. It's, made, it's a cold, hard derivative. Um, and if you start really researching it, you'll find that in animal studies, you know, some of these additives and dyes cause cancer, tumors, Direct to the um, exacerbation of asthma, hives, headaches, like you were mentioning, rashes, and and it's in so many foods.
2: Okay, let me interject one thing. We at our party, um, my husband, he's so good. I mean, he really wanted to give like a little candy, whatever, and he pulls out Pop Rocks, which you know I ate as a kid. He ate (laughs) as a kid, and I looked at it, the ingredients, and I was like, no, red dye forty. And I said, "I think this causes hyperactivity, and, and I just did not want to give it to the kids. Some kids took it, and um, my sister in law said, "You you going to give it to your kids?" I said, No, no, not at all and it 's funny, you say this because um, I know I guess blue dye and red dye I mean, how do you tell the difference? You have all, all this on your website
0: I do we have every We have all the food colorings both both the natural and the artificial. Mm-hmm. Um, on the site, so you can look it up. There's a database it's on the homepage, there's a little search box, and you can just type in any additive that you see. Um, and it pulls up kind of what the ingredient is, um, what the possible health effects are from eating it, and um, any allergies. So if it was derived from corn or wheat or soy, some of the common allergens, um, it'll note that on there. Uh, and then we give it a grade that's what's unique to us because we give it a letter grade okay oh, so a, a through f um and so it's a quick if you if you don't want to read anything and you just want to see the grade um we generally recommend c or above and staying away from the d's and f's um and most of the dyes get d's and f's um unfortunately
2: uh, absolutely you know that's what happens and Again, you know, you might think it's not bad for you, but it, this is a great resource. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Get the Funk Out, and we're talking with Dina Koplinsky, and she has this amazing website, com. And what I love about it is there are some things I've never known what they are. I mean, what's a gar-gar? <laughs> agar gargar? Agar-agar? Agar-agar. It's
0: actually a thickener, oh. and it's, um, it's derived from seaweed, actually, and it, it's, uh, they they it's nicknamed the vegetarian gelatin oh. because it, it you can make jello-like products from it, um, and but it's not derived from animals, so it's that's why vegetarians can use it, or some people um, kosher whatnot don't oh. want to go with the gelatin. Right. Um, so yeah, so that's a, that is an alternative um, to regular gelatin.
2: And I noticed it's that it's xanthan there. gum. Z- uh, z- yeah, Xanthem gum because they put that into gluten free products.
0: They do. Gluten creates that that nice soft feeling in your in your baked goods. Mm-hmm. Um, if you didn't have any sort of gluten in it, you get that really hard bread. Um, I don't know if you've ever had any of the I've certainly tried like the rice bread and whatnot, and it yes. doesn't have any of the the gluten in it and it's not the best texture. I know.
3: Um,
0: But xanthan gum is often added to mixes, gluten-free products and whatnot to kind of create a better mouthfeel. Xanthan gum is not, there's so many um, gums and um, different thickeners out there that they aren't really bad for you. Like xanthan gum is not bad for you. Um, it's just you want to limit the amount of those that you're eating because and your diet is just all thickeners if, you, if you're if you not careful. And as I was doing actually the research for the um, Greek yogurt, I found that the, the non-real Greek yogurt, they have to use thickeners because it's not really strained strained yogurt.
2: Oh, I'm going to have to look in the one I've been eating. And, cause, so it shouldn't have xanthan gum in your yogurt.
0: It shouldn't really have thickeners, especially in the plain. It depends on what type brand you're eating. But a lot of them, they separate... The, the yogurt from the filler, either the, I mean, from the flavor, either the flavors at the bottom
3: mm-hmm.
0: or, or if you get plain, it shouldn't have, it shouldn't have any thickeners in it. Okay. So what Greek yogurt is, it's just drained yogurt. It's draining out all the liquid, the water, um, and the whey. Um, and it, that's what gives it its really thick and creamy, um, creamy flavor. Uh, so... Xanthem gum, all the thickeners are often added either to the yogurt, and those are the ones that you want to stay away from, or it is sometimes added to the fruit part of it. Um, okay.
2: Which, you, yeah. So you're better off really just getting the non-fat or plain, and just adding your own stuff.
0: Yes, although yeah. I don't advocate non-fat dairy, um, which is a little different than a lot of people. Um, How come? I think you need the fat. Oh. Um, I, I think fat has gotten a bad name, and. uh if you think of if you think of milk, it, it contains cream. Um, it's in its most pure form at that point.
3: Mm-hmm. And once
0: you strip out all of the fat, you're just left with basically a portion of of the milk, and it doesn't contain all the nutrients to kind of um, create a full whole food um, and and even, even some mainstream folks are now starting to realize that maybe nonfat is not the best way to go. Interesting. Um, and that we actually do need the fat.
2: I know. So, we're phobic
3: of butter.
2: Yes, and, we
0: are very phobic of butter. Mm-hmm. I'm very pro-butter. I'm pro-fat. I think actually that it, it whole, whole fat yogurt is better than non fat yogurt.
2: Well, um, you know, I love olive oils and flaxseed oils. You know, I think those are really good. Yeah, absolutely, avocado. Yeah. Um, Except I got busted at my daughter's party because my mo- uh, my daughter said, um, "Mommy, you didn't spray the cake popper machine with oil. I could taste the olive
3: oil." <laughs>
2: <laughs> we- yeah, yeah,
0: olive oil doesn't really work in a lot of cake I have made that it's mistake like, myself oops. too.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, listen, we got to take a short break and we'll be back with more from Dina with BeFoodSmart.com. And you're listening to Get the Funk Out.
0: The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.
3: This November, from the 1st until the 8th, KUCI will be holding a fund drive asking you for your support. Your tax-deductible donations can be made easily online via www.kuci.org and by calling in at 949-UCI-KUCI. That's 949-824-5824. As always, we have many thank you gifts in the form of CDs, tickets, gift certificates, and of course, KUCI t-shirts. Thank you for supporting KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Listen to the music. It's a good thing to do. Counting down and out for the count
0: at last. Three, two, one. And the rest is silence.
3: Only kidding, dude! Let's rock!
0: Underground music and talk since 1969. K-U-C-I. 88.9 FM, Irvine. And now on Facebook and Twitter.
2: We're back with Dina Kaplinsky of BeFoodSmart.com. If you're just tuning in, I'm Janine, and you're listening to Get the Funk Out right here at KUCI 88.9 FM. Hi, Dina. Hello. Hi. So we were going to talk about organics, right?
0: Yes, organics. Um, There's a couple things I'm pretty passionate about, and um, organics is definitely one of them. Um, I, I... Over the years, I've tried to go more and more organic, and um, it's becoming easier and easier, luckily. Uh, Almost all the major stores have store brand organics that they can buy. um, You know, I know like Vaughn's Pavilion does, um, making it more affordable for people. Great. Um, And a lot of, I've read a lot of articles that say, oh, you know, you don't need to buy organic. Fruit or vegetables with thick skin, or things that you're going to peel, but there's so many other reasons why organic makes sense. And I kind of wanted to go through them so people can get a better understanding of why it's so important to to, to pay that extra money for Good. organic. Good. Um, one of the main reasons, or this, that research is starting to come out on, is that organics actually contain oftentimes more vitamins and minerals. And why this is is that conventionally grown um, vegetables are grown with fertilizer um, for desired traits, such as color, firmness, size. Uh, So you want to get like, for a tomato for example, you want to get a tomato that's really red, it's nice and round, there's no blemishes, it's firm to the touch, right? Right. Um, And what happens is, it's called the dilution effect, where basically they get this big, firm, round tomato that has the nutrients are diluted because there's just more dry matter in, mm-hmm. in the vegetables. So you have to eat a lot more basically to get the same amount of nutrients as you would for, um, for organic produce that doesn't have the fertilizer um, in it. Interesting. So that's one reason. Um, some of the other reasons that people don't think about are, are the ones that come from the farm, it's the farm workers imagine being a farm worker and having to work with pesticides and chemicals every day Um, that would have a tremendous effect not only on their their own body but it affects the land it affects the water all that runoff goes into our streams and oceans right the particles go up into the air so now we're breathing that stuff Um, and and these are fossil fuels fertilizer is fossil fuels so it when we go organic, we're also relying less on, on oil, um, which is a positive, That's right. a positive benefit. Okay. Um, the final reason is that there's certified organic produce cannot be genetically modified, which GMOs is another passion of mine, which I'd like to talk about as well. Oh, good. Um, but unfortunately, genetically engineered foods are not labeled in our country. You have no way of knowing if a product has been or contains ingredients that have been genetically engineered. Scary. So the only way at this point that we can know is if you buy certified organic, because it cannot have genetically um, engineered ingredients in it. May I
2: interject one thing? Yeah. I went to uh, a cookout, July fourth. I went to my cousin's in-laws' house, and I was so inspired because I love fresh fruits and vegetables, and I've started to grow a few things, and it's not hard to grow tomatoes and cucumbers. It's not hard to start a garden.
0: Absolutely not. Um, things like tomatoes, we have a bunch of tomatoes growing right now, and they're mm-hmm. just going crazy. Um, and if, you, if you're if garden-phobic or, you know, you don't grow things well, you could start with a few pots and just have it on your front porch, or even if you have an apartment, if you have a little patio. Yes. Yes. Um, you start simple, and as things actually start to produce, you can grow from there, um, no pun intended. Nice. Um, it, it's so fulfilling. It's so wonderful to be able to go out in the garden and pick basil. Like last night, we picked basil um, for our homemade pesto, and nice. we picked tomatoes, and I diced those up and put them in, in, our, in our pasta with fresh pesto. It was delicious.
2: Nothing better than that. No, that's great. Okay, I have to share what we grew. We grew uh, mangoes. Really? Yeah, we we planted a mango tree, uh, I guess it was four years ago, and this year we got about three or four mangoes. And the other thing we planted was an apple tree, and we we got three apples this year. And I know it's like three (laughs) apples, big deal, right? But we, we picked them last night. And they were so good, you know. And and I, because I have kids, it's like what better thing? They they go outside, they pick a cucumber, a tomato, uh, you know, an apple from our tree, and it's it's just great. They have an appreciation. Yeah.
0: Well, I'm very impressed with your mango tree. That is something that we wanted to do. Oh, um, we do love mangoes and papayas. like was the other one, but um, I didn't know that you could actually grow them here in California.
2: Well, it takes a while. You have to. You know, do your homework and fertilize and all that, and lots of water, and it just you know it takes time. You don't always get like you know thirty mangoes on your tree the first year, right? Um, but we're so funny. We'll see like two. We're like, yes,
0: two mangoes. <laughs> <laughs> well, next year maybe you'll get six. You know, right. and the year after that exactly. maybe you'll get eight.
2: Yeah, so, yeah. So, every every year. It's well, cool. that's wonderful. Yeah, it's cool. So sorry to interrupt. But go back to organics. That's important.
0: That's okay. Um, and, and one, one reason that I didn't note Is that you're, you're voting Every time you buy organic You're also voting You're voting with your fork And you're voting with your, vault, your wallet And you're saying that Organics are important And they're important enough That I want that, um, and, that and consumers really can't drive the industry If it's important enough To consumers mm-hmm. Manufacturers will change the way That they produce food You can already see it now You know there's been a big lash um, Back against High corn syrup, and now you see all these all these packaging that says no high fructose corn syrup. That's right. Because people are going back to formulas without it because consumers demanded it, and um, there is a lot of power in that. And we shouldn't take for granted every single decision, purchasing decision that you make has an impact. That's right. Absolutely. So, but going back to the genetically modified foods. Um, I am shocked at how many people don't know anything about this whole subject and part of my mission to to educate and let people know what's going on with that um, are you are you familiar with GMOs
2: yes and by the way are you do you go out and lecture to schools or teachers or
0: I, I have done um, I, like I mentioned before I did a presentation to the Santa Barbara Girl Scouts um, they did a summer camp and I went and talked to them um, I've done it to our our local adult ed um, courses here, um, some support groups for people with Crohn's and colitis. Um, I've gone to companies and talked to employees. So schools is definitely something that I want to target because I think talking to the kids is really important. Um, I have a lot of fun exercises, and I bring a ton of food so that they can compare products and whatnot. Um, so, yeah, so education is is definitely part of the mission of the food
2: Center. That's great. So go ahead uh, for those of you who are not familiar, if you want to go into um, what you're going to talk yeah.
0: about: Yeah, so, so GMOs, which stands for genetically modified organisms, or it can also be referred to as GE, which is genetically engineered, um, it refers to fruits or vegetables or animals for that matter, that have been altered at a molecular level mm-hmm. in ways that could not happen naturally. So it's combining the genes of separate organisms to engineer a new organism using DNA technology. So one of the really common misconceptions is that, um, you know, there's a lot of hybrids within within fruits and vegetables, and a lot of people think that's the same or selective breeding where, where something is grown for a certain trait, so it's grown to be more red. So what happens is every year they pick the seeds from the most red tomato, for example, and they use those for the following year. Right. And over time, the tomato becomes more red. Well, that's very different than, let's say, slicing the tomato with a salmon gene so that the tomato would withstand cold. That just would never happen in nature and couldn't
3: happen. Sure. sure.
0: So that's that's what GMOs are, and there's a lot of fear out there that, we're doing a, basically an experiment on us without knowing what the long-term effects are of these new organisms. Um, so there's there's a couple campaigns going on right now. Um, one in California that's called Label GMOs. You can go to LabelGmos.org. Okay. And what they're trying to do is get um, it's a ballot initiative for 2012. So they're gathering signatures, or they will be in about a month or so, um, and they need I don't forget how many thousands of signatures from people in California. Um, and if they're successful, they'll actually get a something on the ballot for 2012, where people can vote on whether or not in California we want to require labeling for, for GMOs.
2: I think there should be. I remember watching Food Inc.
0: <laughs> uh, yep, exactly. And and seeing it's some specific is like 60 to 70 percent of processed foods in our grocery stores contain some medical modified. Um, Material. How much? What's the percentage? Sixty to seventy percent, and some of the some of the statistics are more like seventy to eighty. But um, at least sixty to seventy is the rough estimate of how much. Wow. Pretty much the majority of what you buy at the grocery store is going to have some genetically engineered product in there. Unbelievable. Um, And and usually it's corn, Mm -hmm. soy, um, sugar beet, alfalfa cotton, so cotton, seed oil um, those are kind of the big ones um, and you think about how often corn syrup, high fructose corn syrup or corn-derived things are in foods. food, it's in so many foods, soy, soy lecithin soybean oil is in a ton of foods. so the majority of that is genetically engineered.
2: And we don't <laughs> realize that there's like derivatives of corn you know, because you just kind of I know, I, I'll, I'll, a lot of times I look at something I'm like, I don't know what that is
0: yeah it's it's interesting um, Bantam gum we were talking about that earlier is mm-hmm. often derived from corn so oh, I didn't know that a lot of the thickeners and whatnot um, can be derived from corn and there are there are brands that say that they're not you know genetically engineered mm-hmm. um, cereals are a really big ones that um, there's a ton of ton of cereal out there that contains corn obviously so you almost have to assume if it's not organic or it doesn't say it's GMO-free that it contains genetically engineered products. Right, right. So, so the other big initiative is actually a, um, a nationwide one, and that is called Just Label It dot uh, org. Okay, and it's what a is national that? campaign, um, and it's something like ninety-three percent of Americans think genetically engineered food should be labeled. So, this is not something that is like the minority think it should be. We just want a choice.
2: I think it absolutely no, should
3: be.
0: It's not saying, hey, we need to ban them all, but it's saying as a consumer, I deserve to know whether it contains it or not, and then I can make the decision for myself. Either I don't mind it being in there, or I do mind, and I'm going to choose products that don't have it in there. Right. So it'll be very interesting to see if um, if some of these things get, get passed. And I know... Um, go ahead. Yeah. No, go ahead. If you're new to kind of the whole GMO world or what that means, we have a wonderful video on our website. It's on our homepage. Um, it's called The 18-Minute Video Everyone Needs to See, and um, it's a mom. Her name is Robin O'Brien. She wrote a book. It's called The Unhealthy Truth, and she's been kind of a crusader um, against genetically modified foods, and uh, she has her own story about how kind of maybe a little bit similar to yours where her child went into they had to bring him to hospital after breakfast one day um and turned out that um he had serious i forget whether it was he or she serious food allergies awesome. and she started doing research and figuring out how much food has changed in the last 20 years and and how scary it really is um and i actually got to meet her in san francisco recently and She's just an inspiration, and I think it is really a video that everybody needs to see to wake up and really understand there's a lot going on with our food that you're not aware of.
2: So that's on BeFoodSmart.com. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Get the Funk Out, and we're talking with Dina, who's co-founder of BeFoodSmart.com, and I, I did watch that, Robin O'Brien's uh, video clip on your page. Powerful.
0: It is really powerful, and it's, it's kind of one of those things that if it awakens people, um... It's kind of gone viral on our site. It's been watched by thousands of people on our site alone, and it's a it's a YouTube video, so anybody can watch it. Um, but if it, you know, if it if it's for people to make even small changes in their life, that mm-hmm. that would make me very happy, and it means that I'm doing all this for something, you know. Absolutely,
2: I just and I think for those listening that have kids, I'm not a big fan of uh, hiding. Um, vegetables and the baked goods, I think you need to tell your kids what what they're, you're doing and have them be part of creating. And I know I just recently posted something on your website about the homemade pesto my kids actually came up with. I mean, these are kids that never would eat one would never eat broccoli and one would never eat spinach. And they came together. Like, you know, the Reese's peanut butter cup, they fall together, the chocolate and the peanut butter. They came together and they were like, yeah, well, we're going to make something. I'm like, okay. And they came up with this pesto, broccoli and spinach and garlic and all these great things that typically an adult would eat. And then I said, okay, what are you going to do with it? And they came up with a monster mash, right, in time for Halloween. Um, This fabulous sauce. So my point is, you don't have to hide healthy things. I think if you get the kids involved... You know they'll come up with creative ideas they'll want to eat healthy they'll feel proud.
0: So true. I mean, I know from my own experience, my daughter's only three and a half, and she absolutely loves cooking, nice. and if she makes it herself, there's this sense of pride that they you know she like last night she helped with everything. she cut all the tomatoes herself, she put all the pesto in the food processor, and she picked she went out in the garden and helped me pick everything um, nice and they'll try almost any everything if you let if you involve them in the process so i agree um hiding it or trying to get you know the vegetables in 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 a sneaky (laughs) manner it's just not going to bode very well when they see the remnants of the zucchini in the trash and then still be prayed that their macaroni and cheese wasn't fully macaroni and cheese i (laughs) know um But some other tips also for getting kids involved. I already mentioned cooking with them. Gardening is a wonderful a wonderful way. Mm-hmm. Kids love getting dirty and in the dirt and understanding where their food comes from. It's really important. Um, take them grocery shopping. And as you are looking at products, have them start to look at them too, especially the little older ones that can read. And show them what you're looking at and so that they can start to understand. And then maybe let them choose, okay, the next time we're going to pick ketchup, Let's see which one you pick and tell me why you picked it. Nice. Um, It, you know, if you have older kids, letting them make entire meals for the family. Maybe Sunday night is their night to make whatever they want for the family. Mm -hmm. Again, it's very empowering. Um, And a big one is eat together. I'm a huge proponent of the family meal. Uh, I grew up always eating, always ate at the dinner table, and it was just always, it, it was family time. And it's a focus on the food and the family at that point. It's not all the other bazillion things going on in our lives, soccer practice and everything else. Um, it's, I know it's hard, but if, if people went back to that, I think it would be more of a focus on what we're eating instead of eating being secondary.
2: Right. And I think, you know, they see you eating certain things. They're more apt to probably try it or, you know, and plus you are it's a nice time to connect because we're all so busy.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. And be thankful for what we what we have.
2: Right, you know? right.
0: We are very fortunate in this
2: country. That's right. That's right. Um, any other uh, recent info? I know because it is Halloween. I want to mention that you do have that great article: creative ways to reduce candy consumption on Halloween. <laughs> so, for those tuning in, <laughs> BeFoodSmart.com. dot com. I think even the adults we can learn from that. <laughs>
0: Yes, absolutely. Um, And to get creative, I think, is important and not assume that, you know, we kind of have to give up because it's Halloween and that means our kids just need the entire pillowcase full of candy. I don't think it has to be that way, and we can educate them and get them smarter about about choices. Right. Um, I do want to throw out there that we have, when I present to groups, I typically give out the top ten ingredients to avoid. And if people go to our website at BeFoodSmart.com, um, and they sign up for our newsletter. Um, well, I'll email out the top 10 ingredients to avoid for anybody that signs up today. Oh, good. Um, and just to let you know, we only send a newsletter out about every other month to your email, so it's not like we're going to flood you with, with stuff. Oh, that's good.
3: That's <laughs> so, good. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's good. But if you'd, like to, if you'd like to do that, you can also go to our or contact us and say, I would like to. If you don't want to sign up for the newsletter, that's okay. You can also just say, I want to get the top 10 ingredients to avoid, and I'll email that to you as well.
2: And if people have ideas for things to include on your website, or if they have questions, can they email you somewhere?
0: Absolutely. We get emails all the time from people. Um, there are literally tens of thousands of, of food additives, and we don't have them all on our site. Um, we, we try to add them as people are searching for things that aren't on our site. We add them to our list to research. Um, it does take us a little while to get them out, because it isn't just a quick internet search that we do. It's um, we're searching a lot of different resources to get our information. Um, but absolutely, uh, there's a con- on the contact desk, there's also if you couldn't find an ingredient, we have couldn't find it, and there's a place to click and tell us which ingredient you want us to add. Um, and that's our goal, to be the source of the additives so that we have the majority of them that people are searching for.
2: Well, I also noticed you have a few other things. I know we got to wrap up soon, but... You have something about nonstick cookware for people who want to learn more about that on your website. And you also said something else. Um, I'm looking at it right now. I believe, oh, it was expiration dates. That looks like an interesting one I want to check out.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, we, we have all sorts of information. We did some fun flow charts on how to choose the best ice cream, how to choose the right sweetener. Mm-hmm. Some of them are a little playful and fun, but also have some information as well. Nice. Um, expiration dates, understanding them. I learned a lot myself doing the research for that. So there's there's a lot of great content. We try to our blog posts try to be on a variety of different topics that would interest people. We do guest posts. Janine herself was a guest uh, guest blogger on our on our blog. Um, We had a three part series on what the paleo diet is, which was really interesting. Oh, look at that! Yeah, Um, the caveman diet for anyone who's. Who's interested? And we're going to have a lot of more guest posts from people with other expertise um, on our on our blog in the coming months.
2: Wonderful. Well, we have to wrap it up, but I want to thank you. Boy, the time cruised by. <laughs>
0: it did. An and <laughs> hour. It's already already nine fifty five.
2: Wow. Wow. And thank you so much for coming on the show. And I'm going to check in with you from time to time because I know you have all kinds of great updates going on on your website. So. I'd love Thank to
0: Thank you so much for having me. I, I really appreciate I it. I loved and it. I loved Halloween, it. everybody.
2: Yes. Thanks again, Dina. Take care.
0: All righty. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
2: Well, that's a wrap for this week's show. And uh, we'll be back next week. And if you have any questions about today's show, get the funk out. You can send me an email at Janine, that's J-A-N-E-A-N-E, at K-U-C-I dot org. I'll see you back here next Monday at 9. Hi, we're here live at KUCI to talk to one of KUCI's biggest fans, Agnes Rosenblatt, who's been listening to KUCI and supporting the station's Fun Drive since it started.
1: So, Agnes, I hear you have the latest scoop on KUCI's upcoming Fun Drive. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, the Fun Drive, it takes place November 1st to the 8th. And I see you're wearing one of KUCI's vintage T-shirts. Are you calling me vintage, dear? No, no, I was just wondering where you got that. Why, you cruising me of swiping it or something? Why, you little... Oh, no, I, I'll loosen up a little. I'm just pulling your leg. You see, when listeners donate to the station, well, they're showing the love and appreciation. Uh, and that's what I did, and I got this nifty T-shirt and a cool CD. It's one of those premiums they offer. But but you can donate any amount, really. And how'd you make your donation? Well, I used my credit card, but your listeners can also do it online at uh, KUCI.org or over the phone. Well, the
2: t-shirt looks great, Agnes.
1: Well, thank you. They had such a large selection of vintage t-shirts. Well, I want to thank you, Agnes, and KUCI's listeners for supporting the station. Do you have anything else you want to add? Why, yes. Don't forget to support KUCI's Fun Drive, November 1st to the 8th, because I heard it's going to be the best one ever. Oh, uh, Agnes, you can't say that over the air. Oh, put a sock in it, dear.